here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are in the end of the holidays, I guess. Uh, Christmas holiday, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa just starting today, uh, the 26th of December we are recording on. I hope everybody out there had a safe and magical Christmas. I unfortunately did not when it came to fantasy football playoffs and as some of you are there with me some of you did get to unwrap a huge gift but before we get into that folks i just want to thank everybody again for listening to the podcast here at the nine route uh, if you want to get in touch with us now next year uh, years to come got a couple ways to do that first our website is www.thenineroutefb.com uh, you can always shoot us an email the nine route ffb at gmail.com we are on twitter at the nine route one i am at scott from delco if you want to give us a heads up tell us what we're doing great what we need to work on anything in between how your holiday was how bad you got beat or how great you beat somebody else uh and hopefully that we helped you uh get to a fantasy football championship pat first of all uh how was your holiday and how was your fantasy football holiday there's there's two parts to that <laughs> the actual holiday went much better than the the fantasy football holiday that's for sure same season yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean we you know christmas is definitely i think one of probably everybody's favorite times of year but you know for those of us who are fantasy football players and and football fans in general it was really nice to to have football all weekend uh did get to watch all of the games on sunday missed a couple on saturday with um excuse me watch all the games on saturday missed a couple on sunday you know seeing some family and things like that but uh at that point i think by sunday night i was uh pretty much completely out of both of my playoffs that i was kind of hoping to win uh still in it in one league that I, you know, I don't really care too much about and then obviously there's that one that there is no playoffs. You just play until the end of the season. I, I did pretty well on that one again, but really, really wanted to pick up another championship in, in one of my leagues that I kind of dominated over the past few years and got completely smoked. It was it actually wasn't even the other team that did all that well. My team just completely did not show up. Uh, I think they all took Christmas off, and uh, <laughs> I think I had – Two players, aside from my quarterback, I had two players scoring double digits uh, on my entire team. So it, it's not, it wasn't a good, <laughs> it wasn't a good day for me at all. And then in our one dynasty league that we play in together, looks like I'm going to get beat by about a hundred points in that one. So uh, really, really bad overall. But can't complain. Like I said, you know, the fact that we're sitting here complaining about fantasy football just shows how good we really have it. And and this time of year always kind of helps to remind me especially that uh you know as much as i as i love fantasy football and as much as i want to win these matchups you know there are much more important things in life and i just keep telling myself that so that uh i don't throw my phone across the room every time i look at the scores yeah kind of doing that uh Stuart smalley affirmation <laughs> back in the day good enough smart enough and Doggone it, my fantasy football team's good. Yeah, nah, <laughs> same boat. I'm one playoff, and, and I'm getting crushed by over 110 points. Got two players left, but uh, it was a bum fight. Backup quarterbacks in a dynasty league, and ironically, the guy I went against a 
cockroach Cowboys fan in one Heisman. Uh, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> but, you know, you had both of my backups that, you know, actually had a pretty good game. And then I had one of your two backups. It was just, it was brutal. Uh, it's a shame to watch. Just like, you know, it was tough to watch the Eagles lose a tough one. A uh, little questionable things here and there. But, yeah, overall holidays are good. And, you know, again, we're, like you say, we're fortunate to, to still be able to talk about football. Unlike probably the first person we're going to talk about, <laughs> which, you know, I, I do have to commend uh, the organization for at least letting it breathe until the end of the actual holiday. Because, you know, going back to like Friday, like how the hell you get fired on your day off? How the hell you get fired on Christmas? But Pat, you want to you want to get started and I'll, I'll chime in on, on the first tidbit of news that we have that just broke today. Time for the news. So apparently Nathaniel Hackett, the first year Broncos head coach, was fired uh, today. was not a good sight. Uh, like I said, that was one of the games that I, I didn't really get to watch much of. But, you know, after hearing, you know, what happened and, and just kind of watching the score as, you know, I check in my phone every so often and seeing how badly the Broncos were just getting annihilated. I was like, oh, this is this is not good for for Hackett. And uh, sure enough today turns out that he was let go as the head coach of the Broncos. They had, it's funny, the guy that he actually hired to, uh, to come in and, and help him with the, you remember uh, the very first game of the season, they had that little snafu where they didn't know whether to call timeout. And then they went for it on like fourth and five, instead of trying to kick a 57 yard field goal or whatever it was to win the game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Senior assistant coach Jerry Rosenberg was brought in to sort of help Nathaniel Hackett with his clock management and, uh, you know, just be like a senior advisor to him, somebody who's been around the league for a very long time. Uh, he's going to take over as the interim head coach, but uh, not not a good Christmas for, for Nathaniel Hackett, to say the least. No, I, I mean, through the season, I think we all – you know, kind of joked about it. Beginning of the season, preseason, I know a lot of people had, you know, that organization pegged, you know, Russell Wilson moving to uh, a team with a fresh start. Denver, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Albert Oakwake-Bonham was going to be like a big guy. You know, you had Javante Williams and Gordon, the timeshare, but hey, everything pointed to, you know, all signs up. Now, I've never been a big Russ fan, but I was not expecting what has gone on. And I think some of that, you know, you've heard whispers that Hackett was hired to try to attract Aaron Rodgers to come there, you know, via trade free agent contract and whatnot. And that kind of fell through and it's just, it's, it's bad. Yeah. You had, I mean, you said you didn't really get to see it. I I mean, I'm, I'm as anti Baker Mayfield as possible, but my God, Pat, it was like watching him do victory laps and, Russ just throwing the ball to the other team. And then you had Brett Rippon, you know, chewing out the O-line for not protecting. I saw Cortland Sutton throwing his hands up when he was missed on a, a clear play where he was wide open because it looked like Russ was doing a little deep ball, hero ball type stuff. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, you had fights at the end of the game between both teams in a sense where uh, Randy Gregory and the, the O-lineman from the Rams kind of had a little shove and match while everybody's doing the post-game hugs and it's Christmas and, and it almost kind of backed into Baker Mayfield's interview, which is like just the most amazing thing. So it just <laughs> looks like that. It, it really did. It was like that whole organization really has to 
kind of take a look at in the mirror, I think at this point and realize that, you know, they, they can't, you know, you finish the season out, you limp to the barn and you're, you just don't try to make that out of the box smart hire. I think people look at teams like Philadelphia that pulls a, a Nick Sirianni out, but Sirianni also has a great support staff with Shane Steichen and, and Jonathan Gannon and, and came from a coaching tree that had a little bit of a pedigree uh, versus a guy that had just been with a guy that had just been an assistant. And, and I think some of that is, is tough. Now, Sean Payton's name's mentioned, you know, obviously some of your top guys in the league, maybe because it's in division, maybe Eric Bieniemy finally gets a shot at a head coaching job. You know, it's hard to tell um, based off of that, but yeah, this is, this was an epic, epic fail for a team that just, you know, uh, again, with a coaching staff that just couldn't put anything couldn't put anything together and you make that trade to get Russell Wilson and you give away the farm and, and it just doesn't help. Uh, five of the Broncos first six losses, eight total have been one score games. So you're right there in those games. But you know, when your defense is given up well, uh, before yesterday was given up under 20 points a game, but you're only scoring basically two touchdowns a game. It's just, it's not going to work and you're not going to win, let alone be a, a coach that can justify having a job after that. Yeah, I actually was one of the people who thought that the Broncos were going to be unstoppable this year. I thought, I think we said this in the preseason, that this team reminded me of the Rams. They had all of the yes. pieces. They had the offensive talent at every position except for quarterback. Uh, they had defensive talent. Obviously, their defense had been good last year, even better this year. And it's just, it's fallen apart. And and I'm not, you know, yes, of course, the head coach and the quarterback are the first two people to get the blame. And, you know, this is, this is exactly what happens when you have expectations that are that high and you fall that far short. I mean, I think if the Broncos had gone even seven and eight at this point, Hackett would still have a job. You know, they'd be talking about trying to figure out how to pick up a couple more wins to get into the playoffs next year. But the yeah. fact that they're what four and 11 coming into week 17, they just got absolutely trounced on christmas day in front of the entire world basically anybody who was watching football yesterday it was oh, just my, my mother-in-law was like damn they suck <laughs> and I was, she kind of knows a little bit about football but like you know anybody could smell blood in the water yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a tough one and that you know is one of those statement games that just really takes you out from a team that really had nothing to play for in, in the rams i mean they're out of it technically too i mean you know mm -hmm. technically people have that mathematical possibilities of still being in the seventh seed, uh, wild card stuff. But yeah, man. Uh, and, and a tough division that they're in where, you know, two of the three teams are, are pretty much going to be in the playoffs. One had a shot, you know, it, it's, it's bad. And, you know, I just, thank God it's not here. Uh, thank God it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to some better news. Uh, Mike White looks like he has been cleared to play this week versus Seattle. And just in time because the Jets offense since Russell since Russell Wilson, yeah. Since Basically Zach Wilson, the same kind of player. <laughs> yeah, you're right. not Maybe wrong. It's the name. Uh since Zach Wilson took back over the uh the reins at quarterback has been terrible. He is actually, as reported, is gonna be inactive this week. Joe Flacco is going to step in as the backup. You know, again, bad situation for Zach Wilson, but very good situation for the Jets getting Mike White back. I think that you know, obviously the offense played a lot better under Mike White and, you know, was able to score some points. He's able to throw the ball, you know, on a much more consistent basis than Wilson has been able to. So uh, really good news for the Jets who are outside of the playoff picture right now, but 
close enough to to where they can still make a run. And uh, you know that loss on Thursday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars did hurt them, but I think the Jets still, if they win out, I think they have a pretty good chance at uh, at making the playoffs still. So hopefully Mike White will uh, will be the guy that to help them do that. Yeah, no, I think he does. I think you know the team rallied around him when he came in. We all saw Joe Flacco, you know, <laughs> turn into a, a top ten QB for those first couple of games until. Uh, Zach Wilson was ready to go. So, yeah, maybe he helps right the ship and, and give them that playoff push, a little little two-week inspiration that, that they can get over the hump. Another quarterback to speak of. This one hits a little close to home. Jalen Hurts did not play against the Dallas Cowboys this weekend, and it was, you know, he's injured. They just want to make sure they're, they're lining up for the playoffs. His shoulder is still in doubt, so to speak. Uh, you know, we'll probably find out a little bit closer to Wednesday if – they're looking to do anything to, to get him involved. You know, right now they're still considering him uncertain for week 17 against the New Orleans Saints. The Eagles have not wrapped anything up yet officially as far as number one seed. Uh, Minnesota just keeps clawing away and could leapfrog them if there's a couple losses and wins in the right columns for both teams. So not to mention New Orleans is looking to play for something in that division, uh, the NFC South, which is – Anything you can do, I can do worse, not better. These teams are just trying to find a way to give it away to each other. So, uh, And the Eagles have a little added spice in that where if the Saints do not make the playoffs and finish with a, a bottom feeder record, so to speak, uh, the Eagles own that first-round pick from the Saints. So there's a lot of moving parts that would be considered uh, for Jalen Hurts. Now, a couple O-line injuries that we might talk about at the end of this that could affect that overall concept, but Jalen Hurts – Still uncertain. Would have liked to have had him in my lineup this week for fantasy football, <laughs> uh, but we're not going to go there, and we're just going to move on to the next uh, two injuries, Pat, that had a little bit to do with games that were played yesterday. Yeah, Christian Watson left the Packers-Dolphins game with a hip injury. He had a decent game before the injury, left, and then did not return. They're still doing tests to find out exactly the extent of the injury, so again, if you have Christian Watson and you know somehow you made it through to your fantasy championship, something that you're going to want to monitor moving forward to see if he's available to play. Also, Greg Dulcich for the Denver Broncos uh, had a hamstring injury, did not return in that game. And uh, again, also had a decent game uh, before the injury. Dulcich has sort of been the one, I guess, kind of bright spot on that offense. This year, he's surprised everyone with how well he's played and sort of taken over the top tight end role in Denver. So uh, definitely a, a guy that if you're in dynasty leagues or what have you uh, is a guy that you're going to probably want to get your hands on. Cause I can see uh, with his pass catching ability, he's a guy who uh, is going to be a, 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 I think next year when we get into our preseason rankings, he's going to be in that yep. top 12 to 15 <clears throat> going into next year. Oh, Again, depending I on think- more than that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, possibly. I didn't want to give him too much credit yet, but. It strikes me, like you're saying, like, yeah, definitely in that range. Like, he looks like he could be anywhere from a Dawson Knox to a Zach Ertz, depending on how, like you say, and I know where you were going with that, how the offense looks next year with, obviously, a new coaching staff and who knows what other kinds of, of moving parts are there. But, no, I, I definitely, yeah, he'll be uh, – 
he'll be a what do they call them you know like uh deep dives and and everything the lack like people don't know about him but you know we've we've been talking about him banging the drum a little bit this season so yeah he's he's definitely he's a guy that uh i got in a trade in a dynasty league as kind of a throw-in piece that i was really interested in and uh i'm, I'm glad that i i did get that piece because the the main piece in that trade uh didn't end up helping me win at all <laughs> uh that cooper cup trade but uh I'm happy to have Dulcich on my roster in that league, and and I think that he's going to be a good tight end moving forward. We, again, like you said, we just have to see how the offense looks next year. And you know, obviously, they're already making changes, so I'm sure there's going to be more changes made in Denver before uh, the start of the 2023 season. Yep. And if you take any nugget from that, folks, Pat, with the knowledge, it's not about the main piece; it's about the side piece. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump into the waiver wire. We stopped doing quarterbacks and tight ends for a little bit because we were kind of throwing them into our start sits as, you know, sort of streaming options. But I think this week they are still considered streaming options in some cases. It's just a matter of there's only a few that you could really consider playing this week, considering it is more than likely your championship week. You do want to make sure that, you know, you're not picking up any of these guys for season-long piece to keep on your roster or anything like that this is a one week if if you do have Jalen Hurts and you you know somehow made it through to the next round you know these are some guys that you can look at or if you had Lamar Jackson and he you know looks questionable for this week as well uh, some guys that you can potentially put in your lineup this week so we're gonna hit some quarterbacks and we're gonna hit some tight ends as well as the running backs and receivers and that the running backs and receivers are actually smaller this week again because of the fact that you're not picking them up for for the rest of the season you're picking them up for one game so we, we kind of kept all of the waiver wire pickups consistent with uh, you know just one week start so all of these guys have fairly decent matchups moving forward and, and we'll kind of hit each matchup as we go so uh, we'll start with uh, Jared Goff at quarterback versus Chicago. Goff is rostered at about 64% of leagues, so he may not be available on your league's waiver wire. But if he is, he's got a really good matchup against the Chicago Bears. They're actually the second-best matchup versus the quarterback position over the last six weeks. And the Lions, you know, they've been a really good offensive team. They're the fifth-highest-scoring team in the league. They're obviously still in the hunt for the playoffs. It's a good matchup for them. And I think that Jared Goff, you know, has shown that when he is in the right matchup, he can absolutely deliver. The Lions also get to play this game at home, which is huge for them. They, uh, they're a much better home team, especially offensively. And you don't have to worry about any of the conditions that we saw this week with the cold and the snow and the wind and all that stuff you have a, a nice uh, climate controlled environment for the lions offense to operate in so i really like jared goff this week if he's available on your waiver wire uh, which again he may not be but uh, if there's a if there's if he's out there go out take a look uh, goff is definitely a guy that you could use to replace you know any of these injured quarterbacks or, or maybe quarterbacks who uh, have much much tougher matchups yeah, another name. Again, you know, sometimes we we chuckle, but we talk about Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, uh, going up against the Indianapolis Colts this week. Not a, a fantasy darling, but for the season is pretty much a top 12 quarterback. And 
you know, watching maybe like Tua choke a game away and throw three picks yesterday might, you know, take him off your radar and get somebody else who's a little more involved in not turning the ball over. One of the lower interceptions uh, on the season when it comes to that, he's actually tied with Jalen Hurts for about five or six, which is minimal. Um, you know, they haven't been trying to overdo it. And that's with a pedestrian receiving core. And that's being <laughs> that's being very polite. Uh, gets a nice matchup this week against the Indianapolis Colts going into week 17, who over you know the last four weeks has been one of the worst defenses in holding back a quarterback. Obviously, you know, we had that massive game back in the day with Dallas against them. But uh, and even over the last two weeks, just taking a peek, it looks like they are the second worst overall against the quarterback. So Danny Dimes, and he can do it with his legs too. Giants are you know, in the playoffs as we speak. Makes them want to you know, finish the slate out strong. They have this week against Indy, final week of the season against the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Giants are looking to make their playoff push. Daniel Jones might help you in yours if he's available. He is owned a lot, but you may have seen somebody drop him in haste and he'd be a guy to get maybe in your starting lineup, especially with the injuries at quarterback. Yeah, another guy that we've been talking about quite a bit in the last few weeks is Brock Purdy from the San Francisco 49ers. He gets to go up against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. He's only rostered in about 31% of leagues, so he's still probably available on your waiver wire. The Raiders are the sixth best matchup versus the quarterback position on the season. And San Francisco is still playing for something. I mean, depending on how that Philadelphia-New Orleans game goes at 1 o'clock, if the Eagles lose that game, which you know is possible, but probably not necessarily likely, you know that game becomes for the number one overall seed in in the NFC still. I mean, the 49ers still have a a chance at uh, at claiming that number one seed. So there's going to be a lot to play for, plus the fact that uh, Brock Purdy has been excellent in his four starts so far this year. He's finished with over 20 fantasy points in almost every start except for the the very first one. But uh, nine total touchdowns, including one rushing touchdown, against only two interceptions in his last four games. He's basically doing exactly what we said he was going to do. He's getting the ball into the hands of his talented weapons, and they are sort of taking over. And he seems to have a really good connection with George Kittle. Kittle's had his two best games of the season with Brock Purdy at quarterback. So uh, definitely a guy that uh, you could for sure find a worse option out there. I think I actually like Purdy better than Daniel Jones in this game this week, I should say, because of the matchup against the Raiders. And uh, and I think that, again, he's a guy who, if you're really stranded at quarterback, you know, most of the teams who get to this point in the playoffs pretty much have their quarterback situation figured out. But if you are streaming or if you did lose a quarterback or, or about to lose a quarterback this week, Brock Purdy is an option that is much better than I think you're going to find out there, uh, aside from maybe Jared Goff, like we said, who, Uh, is rostered in most leagues, so probably not available. So I really like Brock Purdy this week versus the Raiders. Another quarterback, and this will actually be the last gentleman we'll talk about, the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. We did briefly talk about the Saints. They're fighting for a playoff spot. They still have a chance to possibly win that division. Obviously, a lot of of math and and wins and losses involved. Probably only owned by about maybe 10%. Uh, you know, 10, 11% in most leagues uh, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, which, you know, right off the bat on the cover there, you'd say, oh, well, you know, that's a tough matchup. But 
Uh, the Eagles have been giving up some points to the quarterback position. You know, they're they're a winning team and they're a winning franchise and everything else. They look like they have the one seed locked up, but Andy Dalton is a veteran quarterback who is commanding an offense that, yes, did have a quiet game this past week, but with the weather conditions in Cleveland, that was to be expected. They're going to be throwing the kitchen sink at every team that they play against. And the Saints and the Eagles, there's a little bad blood that's been there for, for a couple of years now, going back to our Super Bowl win back in 2017. The chances of Andy Dalton being competitive this week are pretty high. Even if the Eagles are blowing them out, you're talking about garbage points. You have Chris Olave. You have a, a, a lot of receivers out there on that team and that offense that make things work. Alvin Kamara is always a factor that could be involved. But Andy Dalton, I think, is worth a look if you're really desperate, considering the matchup that he has against a team that has been leaking oil when it comes to stopping the quarterback and that the Saints still have a lot to play for against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's move on to some running backs that are available that you could probably pick up and play in your championship. Uh, again, you know, these are one week sort of plays. There are probably running backs out there that are rostered in less leagues or, uh, you know, may have long term potential in, say, dynasty leagues or keeper leagues or whatever. But we're talking specifically for week 17. Uh, Tyler Algier, 35% rostered, gets to go against the Arizona Cardinals this week. Arizona is the second best matchup versus the running back position on the season. And Algier leads Atlanta running backs in carries, targets, receptions, and total yards last week versus Baltimore. Uh, I don't see Cordero Patterson really being as involved anymore. I think that Atlanta is at the point where they're out of the playoff race. They're, you know, they're, they're not eligible to, to win that division, which really kind of tells you where Atlanta is this year uh, that they can't win the NFC South. But I think it, they're kind of taking a look at their younger players at this point. And, you know, with Desmond Ritter being in there, Algiers going to get a lot of the work. You're still seeing targets going to Drake London. So, uh, you know, I think Atlanta is sort of gauging what they have moving forward. And I, I think they're going to play a lot of their younger players. And I think, Algier is uh, once again going to lead this team in snaps, going to lead the team in carries, and uh, you know has the best chance uh, against a pretty bad Arizona defense to to put up some fantasy points for you this week. So if you're in a bind at the running back position, you're looking for a flex option. I, I think Tyler Algier is for sure a good option this week versus the Arizona Cardinals. Couple more running backs to speak of. Uh, Jonathan Taylor out for the rest of the season. That means a couple gentlemen by the name of Deion Jackson and Zach Moss uh, will need to step up. They've had some moments throughout the season where they looked, especially recently, where they look like, you know, it might be a little more than a blip on the radar, uh, albeit it is Jonathan Taylor's backfield. But going up against the New York Giants, Deion Jackson a little more available than Zach Moss because he kind of leapfrogged him with a little more usage over the last two weeks. We're going up against the New York Giants, who are, are a pretty solid matchup, um, you know, just taking a look that they've been one of the bottom teams against the running back as far as stopping the run and not giving up points to the position, PPR and the like. To me, that that is a little bit of a recipe for a team that, you know, with the Colts, they have Jeff Saturday as coach. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they can play the role of spoiler. Uh, they can end the season, you know, never leave the gym on a miss. So to know that you had a contending team against a playoff team and, and a, 
in a spot where you have a lot of injuries. Uh, these are two guys that could be like a low-key flex, depending on which one gets the usage, if it's more of a split type of thing on that level. Uh, Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback, at least. We're actually going into uh, the final game of Week 16, so the Colts are yet to play the Los Angeles Chargers tonight. Uh, so this will be a little more definitive, I think, possibly after tonight. But Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, uh, you probably want to hang on to him, even if it keeps away from somebody else uh, that's scrambling for running back slash flex help. Yeah, it kind of sucks that we record before the Monday night game because we really don't know which one of these two guys is going to get most of the work. Watching that game tonight is going to tell us a lot as far as, you know, which running back is the running back to own. I mean, it's always possible it could be a fairly even split, which unfortunately I think that that might be how this game kind of turns out. But, uh, yeah, I do agree. Pick both of these guys up, especially if you see one take, you know, the lion's share of the carries and snaps. I think you can absolutely jump on whoever that is and potentially play them next week versus the Giants. One other running back that you could potentially think about grabbing, again, not super excited about this guy, but Royce Freeman from the Houston Texans. It gets to go against the Jacksonville Jaguars next week. Freeman is pretty much available in every league. He's less than 1% rostered when I look today. He led the Texans in running back touches the last two weeks. He seems like he is the step in for Damian Pierce. He's a guy, if you're hurting at the running back position, again, you're looking for somebody to throw in a flex or, uh, you know, a lot of these leagues that we play and I play in now are double flex spots. So uh, definitely could find a, a worse option than Royce Freeman. Jacksonville has been the 10th best matchup versus running backs so far this season. So I uh, got a good matchup, getting plenty of carries. And uh, the Texans have actually looked a lot better on offense over the past few weeks. So there actually could be some touchdown opportunity for Royce Freeman versus Jacksonville this week. So, I, again, I think there are definitely worse options out there. But, uh, you know, Freeman's a guy who, if you're desperate, I think you can absolutely grab him and plug him into your lineup this week. Just to pause real quick for some breaking news. Could be nothing, could be something. But uh, this just in, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga is once again in concussion protocol per head coach Mike McDaniel. That might explain the second half that he had yesterday, you know, uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, it, it's serious. Uh, you know, he, he got beat up pretty bad this season and you know, the, the rush back and everything else. And then to see him kind of get back to normal, but you know, there, where there's smoke, there's fire. If he takes too many more of these or gets into this, that's maybe when the league starts to step in because it was his injury, his head injury, his concussion and, and lack of, you know, proper uh, care diagnoses, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that kind of led to a little bit more of a spearhead of the, the concept, you know, it's been going on for a long time and then the NFL tried to poo it, but, now you're talking about a, a, a serious thing where twice in one season, the same guy, uh, you might start to see at the next owner's meeting, rules changes, things like that come into play. But it is a shame to see that that is an issue for Tua. That means that Teddy Bridgewater would probably get the call up and Miami's trying to hang on to a playoff spot. So there's a lot going on here. Hopefully, hopefully he clears it and it's just something minor. But that just broke as we were recording. Pat, you got anything on that? Uh, not really. I mean, it's unfortunate for Tua because I think he's having a, a pretty good season. But, you know, we've talked about this before. Player health is more important than 
being on the field. And as much as we in the fantasy football community want our guys to be in there, you have to take a back seat to the health of the player. And, we, you know, I don't want to see anybody, you know, there's there's been too much that has been brought up, you know, that whole uh, movie with Will Smith about the concussions in the NFL and all that. Like there's, there's too much awareness with it now to, you know, ignore it or, or, you know, try to force guys back out there or, or even give them the option to get back out there because, you know, these guys want to go out and play. So uh, hopefully he does clear the, the protocol and can play this week. But if he can't, you know, again, th- if that's what's in his best interest, then, then it is what it is at this point. Then he goes and slaps Chris Rock in the head. <laughs> I, I, you know, just maybe he was trying to bring attention to it, awareness. Um, you know, it is what it is there. Uh, but no, seriously, good luck to Tua. Wide receivers. I know that we can talk about some diamonds in the rough. And, and you know, we, we just talked about Daniel Jones being a, a competent quarterback, a top 12 quarterback with mobility and passing ability, you know, went over 300 yards in a tough loss against those Minnesota Vikings lost on a what 61 yard field goal at the buzzer. But the giants have kind of circled the wagons and have started to evolve. If you want to call it that at the, at the wide receiver position, the passing game, you know, you're not looking at, well, when's Kenny Galladay going to step up. You're looking at Darius Slayton, who was, the guy and then seemed like he was in the doghouse and now has finally gotten back uh, to being a little bit more of the lead dog in that house. Uh, Richie James and Isaiah Hodgkins, who are all, you know, probably a little bit less than 50% rostered. It's just some of those players that you can find, uh, you know, players from the Houston Texans that get the targets enough to get you a, a solid flex uh, position and people to monitor moving on to next season. Uh, the Giants, again, we just talked about, they are playing for the playoffs to hang on to their spot. They have Indianapolis and they have the Philadelphia Eagles, their last two matchups. They don't want to back in or get backdoored out of the playoffs. These are guys, if you're throwing for 300 yards a game, somebody is making those plays. Someone's getting those targets. It's spread around a little bit, but if you pick up one of these guys right now, the way they're playing, uh, they're all legitimate flex options for your team. And if you're in another playoff or a two-week window right now, you're running to the end. Darius Slayton, Richie James, uh, Isaiah Hodgins are all that could be on your team or to keep away from somebody else in your league so that you can win and you can watch them uh, you know, cry in their Cheerios because you just beat them for a fantasy football championship. A couple other guys on the same team that we're looking at. Hunter Renfro and Matt Collins, both less than 50% rostered. They get to go up against the San Francisco 49ers this week, which the Niners have a really good defense. But the one place that they tend to struggle is the wide receiver position. They're actually the seventh worst matchup versus the wide receiver position. They tend to crush it everywhere else. They they don't give up points to quarterbacks or running backs. Or they're actually number one in a lot of categories, but ranked twenty sixth versus the wide receiver position. So again, with the Raiders, they're not going to beat you with their defense. They're going to have to score points. They're they're going to throw the ball. I think teams the past couple weeks have been sort of taking Adams away, uh, or at least doing their best to take him away, as he's had two pretty bad games. Uh, at least, you know, for fantasy uh, owners in the last couple of games. But uh, Hunter Renfro and Mac Hollins have picked up 
20 targets between the two of them over the last few games. Waller's been in there with some targets as well. So the the Raiders are starting to spread the ball around a little bit more, be less dependent on Devontae Adams. And I think both of them have upside. I think if you're in a PPR league, Hunter Renfro could, you know, absolutely give you a, a seven for 70 type of game. Mac Collins, not really a, a PPR type receiver, but is more of the deep threat on this team. And he's been getting targets downfield quite a bit. If he hits on one of those, I mean, you're talking, you know, a 50, 60 yard touchdown. You're talking, you know, 13, 14 fantasy points right there. So uh, either one of these guys is available. Again, we're talking about flex positions, throwing these guys in there in your championship week. Neither one of these guys am I extremely confident in, but they've been usable in fantasy from time to time. You'd probably have to guess which one. And I think depending on you know what you're looking for, if you're looking for a safe play, Hunter Renfro is probably more your speed. If you're looking for you know potential big play, uh, big game ability, you're looking at Matt Collins. But both of these guys are available in at least half of league. So if you do need a, another wide receiver, not a bad option to pick up either one of these guys. I'm going to round out with a couple tight ends, uh, three to be exact. First is uh, someone we did talk about, uh, talking about Denver Broncos and, and all that stuff. Uh, Greg Dulcich obviously could have a little bit of an issue down their stretch there with a potential hamstring injury. Again, they have nothing to play for. They might just sandbag it and just say, you know what, uh, let's let you get healthy. You had a nice little matchup uh, throughout the season against different teams. But if he does get back on the field, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's only rostering about a little less than 50% of leagues. You know, people are staying away from bad offenses. They don't even think about them. They don't look at them. Um, they don't look at anything as an investment. Redraft leagues, obviously, are, are one way of that. But with the keeper dynasty, uh, definitely this guy is, is probably off the table. Um, Kansas City, uh, they're like middle of the road against the tight end position. So, um, you know, the chances of Dulcich getting a pretty good shot at points with who knows what the offense is going to look like with interim head coach and some changes moving around. Russ, is he there still? I mean, with that contract, you have to think there's no way he's he's sitting on the bench unless he's hurt. But even he has been one using that tight end position pretty solid throughout the season. Uh, Dulcich has been getting close to six targets a game over the last five games. Uh, second on the team during that time to Jerry Judy. You know, Cortland Sutton's been a little banged up. He's been out of action. He's back now. But we even saw yesterday Dulcich make some plays until he got a little too uh, worse for wear and had to come out of the game and did not return. But definitely a player I think you want to get on your roster. Has potential to be a starting tight end for this week, if healthy. Uh, again, if the signs point to no and the uh, injury news comes out that he's out for the week or even longer, obviously then you would stay away and look to move on to one of these other options. One of those other options is Hunter Henry. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, he was a darling last year. A lot of touchdown catches, uh, you know, made some PPR action, was was a pretty legit tight end. Been a little bit up and down this year for him against the Miami Dolphins this week, which New England's still kind of hanging around. And as we just said, Miami uh, stands to be without possibly Tua for this week and looking at their backup quarterback. Hunter Henry is going up basically against the second best matchup against the tight end over the last six weeks. Uh, Miami, if they're bleeding points to that position and, you know, Mac Jones is 
been mostly down a little up this season. If he's going to look for somebody to have, you know, help the game out, uh, move the passing game around, you would think that Henry gets involved. And again, he's fairly available. Again, that's another offense teams have kind of shied away from is that New England Patriots offense outside of the running game. So definitely Hunter Henry is a guy that you might look to pick up and, and possibly you might need to spot start him depending on injuries and the matchups that go on. But he has a good matchup this week against the Miami Dolphins. And then we'll finish out with one final name. Still six degrees of Russell Wilson. We're going to Noah Fant of the Seattle Seahawks. They go up against the New York Jets this week. Now, this this is a juicy matchup. It's a Geno Smith revenge game going back to the Jets. Uh, Noah Fan has been fairly solid this season, but he's definitely available. 30% rostered, most leagues combined, so uh, should be available. The Jets are, are good defense, but they do uh, have their issues against that tight end position. Most of these aggressive defenses do that. The linebackers get involved, a, a lot of pass rush, a lot of run blitz, and it does leave these teams susceptible. We look at like a Tampa Bay, for instance, as a team that, that often – uh, can get to the quarterback, but can't stop the tight end the way their defense is built. He's a top 10 matchup this week against that defense. And then, you know, he's had three straight games with a touchdown catch. So, you know, Geno Smith is looking for options. Uh, Tyler Lockett could be available. It's still on the fence when it comes to that. And Marquise Goodwin picked up a little bit of an injury with his wrist. We'll see if that has a factor. So if it's DK Metcalf or bust, I think that helps Noah Fant against a team that, again, bleeds points to that tight end position. And, again, these are three guys that you may not normally want to start, but if they're available, we're looking at matchup bases. And with that tight end position, unless you have one of those top five or six Cadillacs, some of these guys could actually outperform them on a week. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're just trying to give you that little bit of a push to give you a name that might be the guy that you, you wouldn't consider uh, under normal circumstances to help you win this week and possibly a championship. Yeah, tight end's always tough because, like you said, there are a couple of guys that, you know, you just put in your lineup and kind of set it and forget it. But then yeah. those of us who don't have, you know, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or, you know, Dalton Schultz, or, you know, whoever it's been recently, George Kittle, you kind of have to search for tight ends. So, yeah, these I think these three options are solid for this week. That is going to do it for our waiver wire pickups for this week. Uh, again, with your championship week 17 matchup in mind, again, we're, we're not looking at, at this point, there's no season long options. There's, there's nothing, there's one week left. So uh, you definitely want to try to grab these guys who are going to help you win now if you need that help. Also want to remind you, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, click that little plus in the upper right-hand corner for us. That will follow the show and let us know that you are listening and that you, know, you want us to to keep putting out good fantasy football content for you. If you're listening on YouTube or Google Podcasts or Podbean or iHeartRadio, there is a way to subscribe and follow the show. Please do that. That helps us out immensely. We also want to thank Mickey's Portacol Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday, Mickey's is it. Great food, drink specials, and all the football you can handle. Mickey's Pub, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton, New Jersey, where friends and family meet. Well, Scott, I guess with uh, with our bad run uh, this past weekend, <laughs> not going to be too many championships in, in our sites. I, I think I still, like I said, I th I'm still going for two. I don't, I don't know how championships work in, in that one 
dynasty league that we're in. I mean, I guess if I finish first overall, that's a championship in my book. I'm going to, I'm yeah, going to take no, it. That's, that's, that's a quirky league. It's a emperor dynasty league. We got into two years ago being, you know, in the biz, uh, so to speak. And, you know, we're in there with some people that, that are in the fantasy football community and it's, it is, it's a points based league. It's not so much the head to head, but yet you do get wins and losses based on it. So I'm still not quite sure. So, you know, you, you hate saying, oh yeah, I signed that paper and don't know what I signed, but you know, just to get into <laughs> it, to kind of say, hey, what the hell, let's see what happens. And yeah, you, you did pretty well last season. I think you were what top three or four. I think I finished second last year. Second. Yeah. And then this year you, you did the redraft, which, you know, was kind of murky. And then you came out of there like, dude, I, I think, I feel like I should, you know, have to go like get an alias because you robbed everybody and, and you end up with a pretty good roster. And then, yeah, you kind of crushed it throughout. And it does look like, you know, arguably then, yes, you would be uh, the champion of that league. And I believe the, the rule of the league is if you win two years in a row, you get mm-hmm. the entire pot right? Um, from however many years it is. So technically, if you win next year, you would get three years worth of worth of buy-ins, which man sign up the retirement papers now man <laughs> jesus must be well, nice they give, they give some of the they give some of the prize money out each year to i think mm-hmm. first and second I, I think i got a little bit last year and then yeah like you said there's there's a portion of the pot that's withheld for uh for the you know the emperor the the, the winner of two years in a row i actually don't hate my chances with the roster that i have if i can you know get lucky and, and avoid injuries they do an all play so basically you play against every other team every single week so there's 11 potential wins and losses available each week for your team and so far this year i am 141 and 24 so seven games ahead of the next closest player and i am currently sitting atop the scoreboard for week 16 so uh, if I can pull this one out and not take any losses this week, uh, I'm almost assured uh, of winning this league this week. So that's 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 become my new favorite league now. It's the one I'm going to pay attention to for uh, for the rest of the season. Since all these other ones, I've... you still like me. You're my favorite. Yeah, yeah. No, uh-huh. I know it, it. It does get to that point when you're in a bunch of them that you just kind of bag it, and you know, it's like, oh god. I, just, I looked at the one I've been out of since basically like week two, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have like, and I feel bad. You know, you you just feel like you you mailed it in, but yeah, I got guys that were injured, and I'm not like that. I always try to get my lineups stocked, but you know what? You at the end there, you're just kind of like, yeah, I have no, I have no shot. I don't care about playing for seventh or ninth in a league that, you know, it's not for bragging rights versus something else. Again, like our uh, our home league where we do the the toilet bowl concept that you know you're actually trying to excel once you're out to become a team that has the most points to then slide into the first spot so that you're not just totally giving up on the league. And and again, that's how you lose players. For those of you out there that are league managers, that's a good way to retain people is to make it competitive at the end. You know, again, some poor slob that would be an idiot and trade away his entire draft, you know, who would ever do that um, (laughs) might be less inclined to actually care. But at the same time, you know, that that's something you want to consider is making it competitive throughout uh, it just kind of keeps things going, keeps the rivalries going, and and I think that's what helps drive good home leagues and and leagues overall. But for those of you that are in you know twenty five leagues, I know you don't care. It's cool. Yeah, I, I do like the toilet bowl in our league. I think it it absolutely keeps people involved and engaged, and it keeps it 
you know, it's, it's a fun way. Like we use it to decide the draft, like you said, the draft order for the following year. So, you know, if you win the toilet bowl, you have the first pick next year. So I think, you know, it's, it's very important. I know in, in a league uh, where we do something similar uh, in another league that I'm in, we ended up getting the first pick this past year and Christian McCaffrey was available. He wasn't able to be kept again this year. So, or actually I think that was last year, but uh, either way, you know, those, those, Toilet bowls can absolutely, especially if you're playing for something like that for draft position or whatever, uh, they absolutely can make the difference the following year uh, in situations like that. So definitely good to keep everybody involved and and keep going and keep kind of keep the trash talk going a little bit. You know what I mean? That's that's part of the fun of fantasy football. So I think that's going to do it for us for this week. It's about time that we uh, that we get rolling here. So Merry Christmas to everyone out there. I hope you all got what you wanted for Christmas. If if it was a fantasy football uh, <laughs> win, then uh, hopefully you got that as well. And uh, and we're here to hopefully get you on to a, a happy new year as well. Well, I got what you wanted. Thank you, by the way. Um, <laughs> I received a parcel uh, the other day, uh, just before the holiday, and opened it up. Didn't know if it was podcast related, and it was. This fine gentleman got me. A silent mouse. For those of you scoring at home, I know it drives him berserk for the editing to hear click, 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 and so on. So I got a silent mouse. The irony is my wife also got me one, and my wife and Pat are cousins. So my wife completely hates Pat right now. You know. So needless to say, I guess the fact that she's also not angry at me, we all got what we wanted for the holidays. And on that note, folks, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Thanks for listening, and we will see you with our Week 17 Starts and Sits for Pat. I am Scott. Peace.